0: Welcome to our journey.
1: Come along with us as we discuss our heritage for our legacies. Michael. And this
2: is David. And it's
0: Keith. Uh, today's show, we're just gonna go back and try to give you a little history on the uh,
1: the church. Live from the sanctuary on the farm in Bowenville, <laughs> Georgia, just outside of Blackshear, produced with pride in Pierce County. Michael, I think we should tell, tell everybody a little bit about why we're in the sanctuary, why is our sanctuary here on the farm? um a little bit about the journey. I know we talked about last week a little I said that I remember riding with Grandma in her old car to the to the field to take the brakes to the the tobacco workers and i can what I remember about that was she prayed out loud a lot around me sometimes you would think she was talking to you, but she wasn't talking to you. she was talking to jesus and and she did that, and the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. The one reason this church is here on this farm, and nobody will ever convince me of any other reason, is because Grandma asked for it she she prayed aloud many days for a place for her family. To come together, being in their condition. Uh, You know, it it was when we built the church, this was the place that the family started gathering. Now, today, it's our family. If our whole family got together, we couldn't fit hardly in this church anymore. Um, It's a little bit sad to say that, but it's good, it's a blessing at the same
0: time. So, riding in the car with Grandma. I can remember back doing the same thing um, and hearing her hearing her pray and even even on up before that time that, that you're talking about or after that time that you're talking about, you could go into grandma's house when she was cooking and she'd be either whistling or talking. Or humming. Humming.
1: She did a lot of humming.
0: And you go in there and talk with grandma and it was just uh she's gonna give you the biblical answer. Yeah, it, it
1: <laughs> didn't matter what you were asking her. Um what even, did the Bible even, say? even when you knew you were right <laughs> and your other your cousin was wrong <laughs> in the fight. She would always give you an answer like, Well, what does the Bible tell us about that? <laughs> and you're like, Grandma, I I'm right. I I, I'm, I don't know what the Bible says. Well, you need to learn what the Bible says is for answer. What would Jesus do? Um Grandma Grandma talked a lot, and one of the things we would talk or she would talk to God about while we were riding through the field, is she hated the fact that we grew tobacco. I, can, I remember her telling me, I remember her telling Jesus as we were going through the field, God, give them something else to make their money with. And this gets to me a little bit because um, we told, told them last week that there will be times that we're going to probably cry and there's going to be times that we're going to laugh.
0: Yep, definitely.
1: Um, when I when I get talking about this, it, it hits me hard, and, and it gets hard for me to talk, but it's important. Grandma would pray, God, please, please give these families something else because at that time, tobacco was the cash crop. We grew everything else. But it was the tobacco that paid the bills. Um, Go later in life, I'm standing in a tobacco warehouse in Alma, and at that time, tobacco had kind of moved out. It had phased out. Right. Well, it was a tobacco warehouse full of blueberry growers. I was standing at the back. And and I had to talk because of my job. I had to talk to these growers, and I was standing at the back. And one of the guys just said, well, "Imagine that a bunch of blueberry growers gathering in a tobacco warehouse. Who would have ever thought that?" Would-? And I I started laughing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because when I got to the microphone, I said, "This." This is what my grandma prayed for when I was a boy. I said, this is an answer to my grandma's prayer. And I know it was. And then people say, well, you know, maybe that just happened. That don't just happen. God's faithful to his people that pray. That's right. And grandma prayed all the time. Thank God she did (laughs) because she was praying for us. Yeah.
0: To have something different to do, so we wouldn't be out there in that backer patch.
1: <laughs> and there's probably some people that despise the blueberry field like we did at the tobacco patch at right. times. But I'll say, a lot of those same families that grew tobacco in those days are growing blueberries today. Blueberries are a lot better healthy, you know, health wise for you. Right, are a lot more healthy.
0: Well, that I mean, nicotine. I mean, we got two cans of dip in here. I know. But uh, that already, nicotine is—I mean,
1: we already said we were not perfect.
0: Yeah, but nicotine's not—we you, you, shouldn't be <laughs> harming our bodies.
1: No, no,
0: as the Bible tells
1: us. Nope. But as as children, when we were exposed to nicotine, <laughs> uh, such we we stayed. <laughs> we
0: got so sick in that tobacco patch <laughs> from the nicotine. And the sun poisoning and and just everything and and that was, you know, that's what I blame it on. Yeah, uh, that that was the
1: part <laughs> that Grandma hated about tobacco um, was the the side effects of of tobacco. The the lifestyle, raising your family, being able to pay for your your groceries and stuff like that. You know that that was a great benefit, but but she hated the actual bad part of it you know
0: right well
1: which is also funny because you know the church that we went to at that time if you were smoking chewing or dipping you were going to hell <laughs> right that was church of god <laughs> right there <laughs> which you know that's just the I mean, way they they looked at it
0: but we've all realized that the blood covers us yeah the blood of christ when he died yeah. on that cross it forgave our sins, if we turned from our evil ways and asked for forgiveness.
2: And you want to hit on that, key. When we moved back at six, that was, I rode a lot with Grandma. I was too little to do too much, but when I came and hung out, um, I got to go with Grandma hung out at the house, um, um, six years old. It, I didn't have the attention span to stay in the field. Um, I got a little bit more seven, eight, nine years old, but uh, right and grandma, it was it was one of those things. Um, it was almost like she, she could look out the window and time it perfect to where she pulled up at the end of the road right as the picker rolled out, and and everybody bailed off to get some cookies, some Kool-Aid, and I think about that timing. Um, we, we get caught up a lot of times in what we think, how we think things need to go, instead of just looking at what's around us and and seeing how God's doing things, and that was like grandma. She'd look at the clock. She'd say, well, it's about time. She'd get her stuff together. Now, she didn't ever, I don't remember her ever getting in a hurry or rushing out, you know, um, but I do know that the timing was there. And to me, that's helped me over the years not to get anxious just like David was talking about the crops going from tobacco to blueberries Um, you know it it was a perfect timing and all of us need to think about that we try to rush through life and we try to make things so um perfect a lot of times that we forget and we don't recognize how god's moving through it and and now to get to sit here and talk about how grandma did things and and how she prayed for things and how after she's gone a lot of times we're seeing the results the answers to her prayers that's humbling to us three to think that our grandma spent that much time in prayer and it meant so much to her that she would do that. And she didn't always get to see the results of what she prayed for. So, with
0: grandma praying to bring this church here and to get rid of the tobacco off of the land, we, uh, you know, kind of fast forward a little bit. Um, to un- Uncle Larry and Aunt Mavis, you know, following what God told them to do, and this is where we want Aunt Mavis to come on and kind of, you know, give her her story of how that happened, and uh, you know, if we're gonna be here on at six o'clock on Sunday evening and people wanted to show up you know to to join in with the conversation that's a good time like we you know we were discuss, discussing a little bit ago um let them come in and participate um well, we got extra mics that they can use um what else
1: yeah that's that that would be awesome to have more more of our cousins, more of our aunts and uncles come come be a part of it. Tell tell their what they remember of it because I I know we remember a lot, but we don't remember everything. We wasn't there for everything. Um, we know that our, our uncle Larry, he was the first pastor of our church. Um, he came to us out of the Church of God denomination, like we said last week. Our church is non-denominational. We didn't leave the Church of God because we had a difference of opinion on anything. It was more or less he moved back, Grandpa gave him a place to put it, and we built it. Um, and that's kind of that's just how it how it got here. God gave it to Grandma. That's the way I look at it. But God was made a, it
2: happen. There was a, a span in there. Um, Four years, three little over three, where we were in Uncle Sammy's building. That's right, yeah, on the highway, and and it changed hands, but the 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 owner allowed us to stay in there. And uh, Grandpa, I, you know, I don't know what was happening behind the scenes if Grandma was talking to him, but Grandpa came and said, "Hey, uh, what about two acres?" You know, and and now. You know, that's that's where the church is. It's been here since about ninety. And um we were talking last night with a room full of people that the air conditioner is uh original to the building. Yeah. <laughs> the one that's running can tell it. Uh, <laughs> the other one has been uh released of its duties and we have a, a good one that works for it. But um, you know, thirty years I'm 30 years plus now, 42, I was six when we moved here. Um, the, the, the reasoning behind it goes back to God calling my mom and daddy here. Um, and and we laugh about it because they agreed on it. They both knew standing on the Mississippi River that, that that's what they were supposed to do. Um. And we're trying to retell these stories to encourage the next generation, our legacies, um, to trust and follow God, to listen to Him, um, and and do what He's calling you to. Right.
1: Right. It's not always going to be easy, Uh, and that you know that I'm sure Aunt Aunt Mavis can share a lot on that and to to travel here. I know that wasn't easy in itself. And then the the starting over without a church, without a steady paycheck coming in, you know, raising a family at the time, um, that's not an easy thing to do. But I don't want to steal her thunder either.
0: Well, I can tell you, I can remember the day that the church name was voted on. I was there. And that was one of those rare occasions where I spent the night with Chris and Stan, right. Uncle Sammy and Aunt Nancy and, and I went went to church with them that day. Right. And can remember sitting in the in the chair and you know, they had different names that they were gonna vote on and everybody in the in the building got to vote. I wasn't 7 <laughs> or 8 years old, but I I remember I had to write something down. Um but it 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 means a lot. Now I didn't get to go to church every week there because of us living in Patterson and mama uh working over there and but uh you know but I do get I do remember naming this church. And what I wrote down becomes the name, so
2: yeah, that means a lot to me. Well, and when when Daddy decided to retire, why 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 does the sign say something different than what we call it Faith Christian Fellowship? Um, w- when Daddy retired, I didn't want to change the name to forget about it. Um, I wanted a, a name that really brought that out um to unbelievers for us that sit around and, and we know where our our you know where we stand we know that we can have faith we can be christian and we can fellowship but how do you get there r- right right it's it's I didn't want it to exclude because people thought, well, I gotta have faith and I gotta be a Christian before I can fellowship. And so, journey came up in my head, and I said, hey, it's a journey. We're all on. We're at different places in it, um, but it's journey at Faith Christian Fellowship. Um, we're always going to be Faith Christian Fellowship. We're always going to express our faith. We're always going to strive to be better Christians. And we've got the fellowship part down. Yeah, we can fellowship. We can fellowship. We know how to do that. Um, But we want people to know that they can come fellowship at whatever place they are on their journey. They don't have to have the strongest faith, and they don't have to be the best Christian to get to fellowship with us. And so when I told Daddy that, he said, well, that sounds pretty good to me. So, um, you know, it's a... I can remember arguing with my mama about the term evolution versus the theory of evolution. And it was a hard-fought argument for me to get my mama to understand that the word evolution is not bad. (laughs) Right. Um, It means change due to environment. And um, we as a church have evolved and what we're doing now is part of that. It's the growth process. Um, And who would have known, who would have thought
0: seasons, Seasons. different seasons. And, and there's a message in each, there's a, a journey in each season that God wants us to perform. He, you know, me and Uncle Sammy got to talking about a little bit about some stuff this this past week, you know, and you know and it goes back to the nicotine thing and then the, the drinking thing, you know, drinking alcohol and all of that. And you know, and that's a story I'd like for him to come on and share. And, you know, where Grandma Bowen wouldn't have had anything to do with drinking at that time because it was, you know, it's toxic to your body. But and Uncle Sammy was the same way. But over time we the generations um we've done it. We we know that well We know that it's toxic to our body, yeah, but there's a way to do it moderately and not get hooked on it where you have to have it every day. But in the sense where Uncle Sammy was coming from was that he's taken in that it would be, it's covered by the blood. Not that he's ever going to do it or that he won't, he's not going to condemn somebody else, as, you know, if they do it. But that's that's just little conversations that me and him, we get into. And, you know, it, he challenges me. And uh, I hope I challenge him.
2: And And that's where... Daddy was that way, uh, and, and it was because he had family that was alcoholics, and, and in his brain, if he took the first drink, um, it could lead to a life of, of alcoholism. Uh, his, one of the, I guess, most memorable stories for me that really caused him to be that way was he got to Athens, uh, West Doherty Street, um, when I went up there, I found about where it was, there was a little store right around the corner from his boarding house and him and a buddy went over there and they bought him a, what he called a pony beard, which is, I guess, about like our little eight ounce Coke cans now. And he said, I couldn't even get through it. He said, uh, I felt convicted and I threw it away. And now, that's the thing. Jesus
1: got to convict you of your sins.
2: That, that's it. it. Fast forward years, he's in Belgium and he 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 drank some beer. And it at the end I had some beer with my daddy. <laughs> and he enjoyed it. And if I could have got him some in that hospital room that last week I'd have got him one in there. He wanted a blue moon. <laughs> uh so it's 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 one of those things where we have to be um diligent about our faith but at the same time we have to be um understanding that we're all at a different place right and we have different convictions and sin my sins aren't necessarily michael's sin um there are certain sins that the bible says hey this is sin and sin is sin but the biggest thing my takeaway and i believe grandma taught it was if it gets between you and your relationship with Christ, it's a problem. Th- that's a sin. That's right. And and I make fun of it and say, hey, walking and chewing bubblegum could be a sin if you put all your eggs in that basket. Yeah. That's it, it, it's extreme to say that, but that's how we have to take that and 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 be aware that if anything comes between me and Christ, it's a sin. Some things that make other people... Their their relationship with Christ a little questionable. That's their sins. Um, but it's it's we as humans want to have this um, guide and and say, well, this is this is acceptable. This isn't. Right. Um, and so that's that's. I, I think Grandma instilled in us that relationship that conviction aspect of things. For her, growing tobacco was a conviction issue. She did not feel right about it, and she prayed against it. But she prayed for something else to replace. That's the key.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, one day our, our pastor was challenging us. He said, we're going to be studying in Ecclesiastes, so I know... In school and in church, I always liked to be just a little bit ahead so that I looked like I was smart, I would read ahead. (laughs) So I read Ecclesiastes, and a lot of it, you know, when you're reading the Old Testament, Testament, some people tell you, well, that's not relevant. Well, it is very much so relevant today. Um, Ecclesiastes actually has the secret to life. If you'll read it and pray about it, you'll know what it's all about. I was reading this one verse stood out to me while I was reading it. And let's see if I can Ecclesiastes seven and three says sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. I'm going to try to read it again. Sorrow is better than laughter. For by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. What that means is that by breaking our heart, when our heart's broken, when we lose something, our heart doesn't Everybody says your heart's going to mend over time and it's going to be better. Well, it's not necessarily what the Bible says. The Bible said clearly right here that that only by breaking it is it made better. And when it made better, that means it's better than it was the first time. I had several people on my mind when I read that. Uh, they had all recently... Or in the last couple of years, lost somebody that, that meant a lot to them. And these people wear their, their feelings on their sleeve. They, they're the type of people that if they're happy, you know they're happy. If they're sad, you know they're sad. Well, when they lost these people, it broke their heart completely. And thinking about them and the way that they, they're going through life today um, this this scripture goes right along with, with what I see. If they see anything that reminds them of, of the hurt, of the pain, they immediately start crying. And you say, well, that's bad. They're, they're hurting. They're, they're, no, that's good. The Bible says their heart's being made better. They're starting to see things the way Jesus sees things They're growing in wisdom exactly they 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 hurt for the things that Jesus hurt for they they're no longer looking at things as life and death they're looking at it more spiritually um, they're 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 just getting a lot wiser um, and that's actually the title of that Verse seven is wisdom and folly, contrasted. Yeah. Um,
0: the heart of the wise learns when it is in the house of
1: mourning. In the house of mourning, right? And we've all lost people that. I mean, when you when you lose somebody really close to you that you loved, you hurt bad. But you hurt. Just as bad as you love those people, it's inversely proportional. If if I didn't love somebody, when they die, and then it's not going to hurt me near as bad. If I love them a lot, it's going to hurt a lot when when I lose them. All right.
0: But it also goes on in in verse five. It is better to listen to the rebuke of the wise man and pursue wisdom than for one to listen to the song of fools and pursue stupidity.
1: That's right. And that's what Ecclesiastes to me is telling everybody is it's all vanity. It's all smoke. It, it's, it doesn't matter what it is in your life that, that you're chasing to fill the void it'll never be enough because if you don't have Jesus if you don't have God in your life that is the void that you're looking for and I don't know how to explain that to somebody that's a non-believer that's just something that they'll have to be convicted of one day but it, but I promise you If there's a void in your life, that void is as big as God Almighty because He's the only thing that can fill it. If I pull if I pull a peg out of a hole, that hole's big as that peg, right? Right. So if I don't have God in my life, the void that I'm trying to fill is as big as God. That's exactly right. Okay. There's no amount of drugs. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of land. Women, men, no perversion on the face of the earth. All of it is folly. All of it is vanity. Right. Is what Ecclesiastes says. You got to have God. Without God, it's to all for nothing.
0: I'm living proof of that with, because, like we were talking about earlier, um, when, when we lost little Van, um, that, was, that he was my best friend. But ever since then, I've been in a state of depression, trying to fill that void, you know, with the drugs, with the alcohol, with, you know, trying to own as much as I could to to fill that void that I was missing. Then I turned my life over. Right. I I have you know, when I turned my life over uh Dixie could see the difference in it.
1: Right. She, of course she could. She she was
0: she could see that I was happier. Right. She uh she made comments about it. But the void there is no void anymore. <laughs> right. And and it's got me, you know, excited and wanting to do more to try to spread that word and that's why I asked you to talk about this because we've already, you know, we studied it in, on, in small group on Wednesday night. But that's why I wanted you to share it because it meant it, it's exactly my life right now that this that void has been filled with God. And I'm happier than I've ever been. But we also have to learn to turn things over like we were talking about a while ago. Right, people. You know that's for non-believers, not so much non-believers, but
1: No, even believers can can. You say you you stray or or you you drift away from God or Christ. It is it, because you are not practicing. You know you are not going to the Word. You are not you are not talking to Him, praying to Him, reading His Word. That that's how you stay in constant. Like Grandma talking to Jesus as we're feeding the tobacco hands, you know. She just kept that dialogue going all the time, and that's what we should all do. And with everything, every decision we make, we should ask him for his guidance, and he'll give it to you. I know if, for a non-believer, I'm thinking of somebody that that doesn't believe in God. You know, they, there's a lot of people that's got a lot of education and education, so we're smart. We're our own God. We, you can be your own God, but that's not going to fill that void. I can tell you. you, you're not big enough to fill it. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sports can be your God. That's what we've talked about. Um, anything, music can be your God. Yeah. But it'll never be big enough to replace the almighty
2: God. Exactly. When you were reading... That scripture and you talked about smoke and I've heard the scripture read in Ecclesiastes and he refers to a lot of things as smoke. My my vision that I got was was like out west, the fog rolls in off the coast and there's a foghorn. Well, before. We have the technology that we have now where we have radar and all this super high-definition stuff where they know how deep the water is and how close things are. You had a foghorn. It was on land um, and on the boats. Well, when it got so foggy that you couldn't see past the edge of the boat, that foghorn was there for the reason only to let you know something was there. And I thought about that in the sense of, okay, if it's on the land and you're in the middle of that vastness, that hole of fog, and you don't know how big it is, but you heard that fog horn you knew it was coming from somewhere. right, And you knew you didn't need to necessarily go in that direction because you could run into something you couldn't see. Well, I think it's kind of the opposite with God. He's got the calling that we can hear, and and He shows us that He can fill the void that we have. But a lot of times, the problem is we don't go towards it.
1: Absolutely, we it, go away from it as it. It's part of being a man it we want to figure it out on our own. We want to do things on our own, and that's against what he says in his word he He wants us to yeah. depend on him. He wants that dialogue between us, but as I mean it you know Adam and Eve go all the way back to the garden, all they had to do was what he said. And they would have lived forever in the garden, but they wanted to figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted to know this knowledge. They they wanted to know it. Well, it's all vanity. It didn't matter, did it? it, it, it figuring it out on your own—that's that really is folly. That's what Ecclesiastes says. I didn't say it, because <laughs> Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. History tells us Solomon was one of the richest people ever walked the face of the earth, and he had so he had everything. He's also the wisest, the smartest, the wisest, the smartest, the richest, and he's saying that, that it's, it wasn't enough without God. It mm-hmm. wasn't enough. Don't believe me. Read it. Yeah. Pray
2: about it. Yeah. And I think that's what we've all got to do is is get into scripture. Read it, understand
0: it for ourselves and uh, ask him for his guidance on what he's talking to us through that verse. Mm
1: -hmm. And why do I say it's the secret of life? Chapter 12, verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. There it is. That's what you're here for, that's what you're here on the space of this earth to do. And if you're doing anything else, it's vanity. <laughs> you're trying to figure it out on your own.
0: I'm reading it, sorry. Um, I, I I've got it turned to the amplified, so.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm reading out of the King James Version.
0: When all has been heard, the end of the matter is fear God. Worship him with all-filled reverence, knowing that he is almighty God, and keep his commandments, for this applies to every person. For God will bring every act act to judgment, every hidden and secret thing whether it's good or evil. He knows. He knows it. (laughs) Might as well.
1: Might as well trust him and open it up let him in. That's
0: right. So you got a story for us, Dave?
1: Well, my post-it note for tonight, (laughs) I I wrote at the top of it, Grandma's car. I'll tell you a little story about Grandma's car. But in, in Grandma's car, with Grandma driving, she's talking to Jesus and everything she did was so dainty and slow and easy. And Grandpa was a different... He was a completely different animal. Um, the story I want to tell you about in Grandma's car was the horse got out one day. And Grandpa... Grandpa's idea of catching the horse was to get in Grandma's car, and somehow I ended up in it with him. Now, we chased the horse. I don't remember if it was Dynamite, Dolly, Lightning, Paco, or any of the other ones. I, I don't know which one it was. All I know is I could see that horse's tail, and we were flying across the fields back and forth, back and forth. And I was thinking to myself, how is Grandpa going to catch this horse in the car? Now I've never been to the Richard Petty driving experience or anything <laughs> like that. Didn't I've never really had the urge because I rode with Grandpa chasing the horse across the field, wide open. I can remember saying, "Grandpa, what are we going to do? Are you going to run over?" Because I thought he was going to run over it. I thought that's, I thought that was his intention was to. He was just going to end it. He was going to run over the horse with the car. <laughs> And he said, I'm going to run him till he passes out. <laughs> and when he passes out, I'm going to be able to put my hands on him. What are you going to do when you put your hands on him? I don't know. We ain't caught him yet. <laughs> so he chased that horse. And I, I held on, and I'll never forget that. But he didn't just do it to the horse. I can remember him chasing cows with, that, with the car back and forth. He would, he would go across the hard field wide open. I don't know how the car held together. I really don't. But one day, I had a bull that got out (laughs) later on in life. And I can remember being just as mad as Grandpa was. (laughs) And I was driving across the field in the truck, wide open after this bull, and the thought come across (laughs) my mind, what are you going to do when you catch him? (laughs) And I started laughing. (laughs) I, I, I I was in the same spot. As my grandpa. And I quit. I left the bull. I drove back to the barn. My daddy was at the barn. He said, what are you going to do now? I said, everything that bull wants is in this pen. He's got cows. He's got food. He's got water. When he gets ready, he's going to come back over here. It wasn't an hour later that bull (laughs) gave up, (laughs) came back to the barn. We opened the gate, and he walked in. I don't know. That's just crazy things there on Facebook. There's a a post that says you can't hurt my feelings. I've worked livestock with my daddy before. And <laughs> if you ever worked livestock with your father or your
2: grandfather, you you know
1: exactly what that means. Talking so, about
2: grandpa driving, I think it was Gary said he got behind him one day and. Before he knew it he was driving about 75 miles an hour. Well Grandpa if he, if he didn't get real close to him, he, he didn't ever drive real fast unless he's in the field and I think that was because if he'd have slowed down, he'd have got stuck in that big old tank of a car, but driving wide open, he went right across that herd field. But <laughs> Gary Gary told everybody he said, if you see Grandpa, Don't try to get close to him because he just speeds up. (laughs) Evidently, he'd never looked at the speedometer. He just thought if somebody was close, he needed to go a little little faster. faster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's funny. Y'all know what they called Grandpa when he was in the military, right? No. Really? I don't. Grandpa's nickname when he was in the military was lightning. Really? Yeah. And the way he got that. Is he? We know he. He, he wasn't slow. He, he was, was deliberate. <laughs> 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 yeah, one speed. He just didn't. Well, they were learning how to throw the bayonet, and his sergeant kept putting his hand over the bull's eye in front of Grandpa, and Grandpa said he wasn't going to throw it, but because he didn't want to hurt his sergeant, and his sergeant kept on in front of everybody, he kept egging Grandpa on. Well grandpa reared back and let him have it and he pinned that guy's hand <laughs> to the bullseye with the bayonet. <laughs> and from that day forward in the military they called him lightning <laughs> <laughs>
2: lightning jack. jack we're going to end with scripture that's representative of what we feel is relevant to us today it's isaiah 54 2 and 3 it says enlarge your house build an addition Spread out your home and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities.